to Disturbing Your Peace. Hey y'all, welcome back to Disturbing Your Peace. We just want to say thank you so much for interacting with our latest episode about interfaith relations. Uh, we learned a lot about Shiism and we really appreciated all the support and feedback we got. We felt like it was very beneficial. So thank you all for that. And this is actually going to be our last episode of the season. I know it doesn't really feel like it, but we've actually done 10 whole episodes so far. Um, so if you missed any and you're like, this can't be 10, I only listened to four. Please make sure to go listen to the rest of all of our episodes on all streaming platforms that we're on. And now that the school and work year is in full effect, we're going to be taking a little bit of time for ourselves, as well as taking a little bit of time to get ready for the next upcoming season. So you can be excited for that. We really want to take this time to say thank you so much for coming this far with us. We're going to be looking for some feedback on what worked and what needs work. So please be sure to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at DisturbingYP. We really want to, you know, always be progressing, always be improving and um, connecting with all of you all. In the meantime, our lovely friend and co-host Ahlam is going to continue hosting the amazing podcast, Nagnol Radio with Yasmin. If you didn't know, you know, please be sure to give some love to Nagnol Radio. Yeah, thank you all so much for all the love. Thank you. Um, yes, so we really enjoyed the season. We're super excited for season two. If you also want to give us um, t- topics for the next season, like feel free to message us on Twitter, Instagram, DisturbingYP, or email us at disturbingyourpeace1 at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, feel free to let us know what you want us to see in the second season. So yeah, we are back with another banger. Um, today we're going to be talking about religion, a really hot topic, a really scary topic for a lot of people. Um, and then the angle we're going to be kind of talking about is like, um, actually pause, we're all Muslim. So me, Zaytunas, and just identify as Muslim. Um, and we're going to be talking about our journey to becoming practicing Muslims. Um, and for some reason, a lot of people believe that Muslims just wake up religious and that we don't have a struggle and a battle with our faith. <clears throat> wake up call, we actually do. Sorry to blame, sorry to you know, break the fake stereotype. So today we're going to be talking about that. Um, yeah, so that's what today's episode is about. Yes, um, and we're going to also be, like Ahlam said, talking about our own spiritual journey. Um, so basically, you know, we were all born Muslim. Um, we're Somali, and it's predominantly Muslim, even though there's non-Somali Muslims. Sorry to break it to you guys, because I know a lot of Somalis get angry when people say that. Anyways, so basically for me, growing up, I questioned religion all the time, like as early as, as early as like first grade. I don't know if you guys remember. Do you guys remember when um, there was this uh, p- uh, picture going around and it was a girl. Um, she threw the kitab on the ground or the Quran on the uh, ground and people were like, oh my God, she became, uh, was it, did she become a dog? They're like, for disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like a disgusting thing. Yeah. Um, she became just basically this creature because she disrespected the Quran. And I remember like, I remember seeing it and everyone believed it, including my parents. So I was like, these Muslims are so dumb. These, I'm not a part of this. <laughs> literally, I was in, I was literally, I don't even think I was in first grade. I think I was like in maybe kindergarten. And then I was like, are they, what, do they really believe this? And then my cousin did a little digging. It shows like, it's actually from an art museum and it's an art piece of art. And I was like, and these Muslims believed it. And I was like, y'all, I literally went to my mom and mom's like, everything is possible if god made it if god willing it will happen and i was like what you guys are actually dumb so that's what i associated with islam and then going in i went to public school for like kindergarten first grade so in first grade um my teacher was talking about something and i was like muslims don't believe in that and it was a lie i just didn't i didn't know what she was talking about and i was like yeah we don't believe in that just because i didn't know the context of whatever she was talking about it was like science or something and then she goes 
it's not religion in this it's science you have to believe in science and at that very moment i was like whoa okay science is more legit this is this has this is fact and this is what i believe in and then um basically i started going to islamic school hope academy shout out hope academy um in second grade and um they like the teachers there mashallah they were so great and i feel like they gave me a great uh, understanding of islam and what it means to be a muslim um but then I always had like up and down, like ups, ups and downs with faith, faith, and I always questioned it. And I still do till this day, but then I feel like I'm more uh, grounded in my faith because of the experiences I had in Islamic school. Yeah. For me, it was kind of similar, but like it was more of like, I would say, I went to Islamic school my whole life. So from kindergarten to eighth grade, I was in Islamic school. Or yeah. seventh grade, I was in Islamic school. I'm an Islamic school baby, proud. I think Islamic school is the greatest thing on earth. So for me, alhamdulillah, like my Islamic school, they were big on like um, building our character and our aqidah. And aqidah means like creed. So like understanding like basic Islamic foundations. So like I like really understood, like they really emphasize like God is all watching, all hearing. So that you should always be a good person because like you can't slip up. And it's so weird, like little things like, you can get a water cup from McDonald's and get Sprite. Like, gosh, you that. I still to this day, like, get creepy when Muslims do that. I think it's the biggest sin. Probably isn't, but I was just taught that growing up. Integrity is such a huge thing that Islam school, like, really instilled in me, which I'm grateful for because I think it makes me a good human. Um, so I went to Islam school. I got that. And then when I left Islam school, I went to a Somali Tuxi and I hated it. Like, the teacher was sexist. This man was abusive. I hated it. And I was like, you know, if this is what Islam is, I got to go. I got to. I got to go. This is not wow. it, Lord. So, like, from, like, friend two different yeah because I came from a loving happy environment which Islam truly is to like a super toxic environment I was like this is so annoying I don't like it that was literally my experience too <laughs> oh hated it and then like I was always questioning it. and then like I remember sophomore year until sophomore year I was like super out of it I was like oh, I don't know about this religion thing I remember it was randomly I was in Holland and it was like almost Christmas time and I was just like I was like super confused why everybody was really all up in their I love God phase like every, like obviously it was Christmas for the Christians so people were big on celebrating and then like my family was doing something religious and I was just like weird and then I came back and then my Quran teacher had we had a conversation and like whatever he said like really like I don't remember what it was but I remember it like made me realize that like I'm really dumb for questioning God because like I think it was something along the lines of like you know like you get this iPhone and if you don't believe in God I ain't judging you. I'm just talking about my experience. Basically, he was talking about, like, you know, you don't get this iPhone fully made. Like, it makes no sense why, like, humans will be, like, thrown from the air fully made. Like, you know, that uh, mm. is, like, the, you know, you know, like, that aspect. So I was like, that is so true. Like, I should not question God and Islam. And I just started lo- looking more into it. And the moment I started praying, I stopped struggling with my faith for me. Well, mm. I still struggle with it. But, you know, like, questioning it, like, I feel like that went away. Because I was just a Muslim on paper. Like, I wasn't really doing much. Like, I was doing Ramadan here and, you know anything but once I started praying I started like feeling Islam and started researching it I felt more content with it and I think because I did that research and stuff like that I am every sexist sheikh's biggest fear like as an Islam school child plus my research plus talking to sheikhs about and building up my aqidah I kind of know my ish and I will be annoying you're not going to tell me it sounds sexist because the only reason why I almost left it because of that so I will not let mm. you do that to me again so yeah Period. they tell me what's your experience I was born and raised in Ifa, big ups, Kenya. Not really, I hate them. <laughs> Kenyan government, any government. But anyways, um, so because I was born and raised in a refugee camp in Kenya, we had like alwah, like we, had, we were like writing on wood with like the, what is it called? The, the ink. Uh-huh. So we were like writing on wood, on, on the wood and all this, like I remember going to Dixie since I was like a little kid since I was like, three or four or something like that up until I was like seven years old and then we moved here but I didn't know 
like like I knew I think I almost finished like um just I'm up by the time I was like six or seven or something like that and then oh we God. moved here but but then you know like I was just a little kid I was just like just absorbing everything I it just was fun to me I, I wasn't really like taking it seriously like this is religious this is not religious or anything like that funny enough when I was like four or five, I actually thought my, I think his name was Hassan, my books teacher, was a law. I know you're going to say that. At least not a man. I'm not going to say what I thought because it was worth. <laughs> I don't know what? why. He was talking about a lot, a lot, a lot. I said, is that your nickname? Like, I don't know. Said, I don't know the difference. He's speaking third person. Him. I was like, why are you speaking in third person? Like, why are you talking about yourself like that? It's just because I really liked him. Oh, and I think because he was just such a nice person. I was like one of the only people that didn't like get like disciplined or anything like that. Because I was just there to learn. I was just there. I was like, this is fun, bro. I like this game. <laughs> um. So when he was like speaking positively about Allah, I thought he was speaking about himself because I like saw those traits in him, you know? So I moved here. Um, I forgot a lot. I don't know why. Because I think I like the first couple of years I was like learning English. And that's like, I like forgot even like small and stuff like that. So um, because of that, I, I like had to like start over again. And then I had to like, like keep going from there. Um, and then another thing is that like, I f- like because... I was only around Muslims. I was born around Muslims. I was raised around Muslims. Coming here and like seeing non-Muslims, seeing like women not wear hijab, I was like, what is this land? Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't like it here. It's something's off, you know? So I just really felt unfamiliar. And then after I like started growing, I think nine to 10 or nine to 11, was my tumultuous years that was my that was my shaydan era to be honest that was and i was like i wasn't an atheist but i was like questioning everything my parents said i was always back talking and that like it was the same thing with islam i think where it's like because i was just like taught to accept everything as opposed to to question everything that i was learning about the faith it that became my time to question but also to kind of like a, b- a bit of rebellion and a bit of like i just didn't understand it and i don't think i could like carry all of that with me at the time especially when there's such strong um like anti-islam and islamophobic rhetoric so highly present post 9-11 and as like a little refugee kid like i was like my nigga i just like started speaking english last year like relax like i don't know you're calling me terrorist i don't know what that means i don't know i haven't learned that word yet i'm still in esl they don't teach that us there you know (laughs) big words big words big words I don't know what he's telling me <laughs> but yeah I, and then so I think like what I was learning at school and then what I was like like learning at home was so different that it was it was just kind of clashing and I had to I think it's the same thing it's like like I think prayer really prayer and like Ramadan like I started um when I was like 10 or something like that I started like fasting for fun like because you know it required to if you don't know that actually sometimes i forget we have like (laughs) non-muslim listeners um so you know required to um i was just doing it for fun and to practice and i think like ramadan gives you such like like such peace and like time to reflect on who you are um like what the faith means to you and like what's your relationship with the law so i think like prayer and 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 fasting you know and that's why they are like um two major um pillars in islam I think that's really, mm-hmm. really what saved me from atheism. <laughs> yeah. I also think um, you said a great point. I think growing up nine as a post-9-11 Muslim baby in America, like, you're kind of forced to figure out what's your relationship with Islam early on because you're constantly being asked. Because I went to Islam school my whole life, 
I honestly, I'm so grateful because I didn't really face Islamophobia. Like, I didn't even know Islamophobia was going on. I feel really dumb, but, like, I honestly thought the world loved me because I was around Muslims all the time. And, like, and then, like, when I went to um, public school for the first time, um, which was, I'm sorry, as a Islamic school kid, like, I have pride. As you know, like, Islamic school kids hate public school. I don't know what it is. I was really disturbed. I was disgusted. I was, this is, I was, it was a lot. But I was, they would constantly ask me questions and I did not know what to say. Like, they're like, why do you wear the hijab? And I was like, I don't know. You don't put this on? Like, why do you pray? I didn't know all these mm. questions. So I think when once I was able to start understanding the hikmah and why, oh, I just said a Arabic word. I'm sorry, guys. The reason, <laughs> the reason, like the wisdom behind that, I was able to like feel more closer to um, Islam and understand it. But I feel like a lot of times, a lot of Muslim youth, we're just, we just do things and it becomes habit. And we don't understand why we do it. And then that's when you mm-hmm. start disconnecting. You just feel like, you feel numb. You don't know what, what what's up. But it's important to understand why you do what you do. Exactly. And you get more edged for it. Like, I realized that horse, like, for instance, like, I recently learned, learned that horseback riding is sunnah. And I enjoy doing it. So I'm mad to get good deeds for just riding mm-hmm. sunny. You know what I mean? Like, wow. That's part. Exactly. And I think, um, like you said, critically thinking and encouraging critical thinking is very mm. important. Because you don't want to just follow something blindly. And I also think it's very interesting that like you talk about islamic school in such a positive light because i had a very positive experience at i went to two different islamic schools i had a positive experience at the first one the second one not so much because mm-hmm. yeah i actually did not vibe there but then one thing that like my islamic school teachers really emphasized was like understanding what your morals are as an individual mm-hmm. and understand what your morals are as a muslim and trying to mm-hmm reconcile both of them because i feel like a lot of the times we think that because we think that religion like you said is like a monolith and everyone has to be exactly the same but not everyone is going to practice exactly the same way no two people are going to practice the same exactly that part and i just think that's important that we understand that as muslims because sometimes we have a very cult-like mentality where it's just like you do this that and the fourth and if you don't do it that way then you're wrong and it's like that isn't the truth because who knows you know like there's so much like different hadith which is like basically the prophets the things of the prophets there's so much like different things and aspects that you can look at and you can like try and research because it's it literally is there for you as a source and then um one of our ustads told us recently one of our classes uh ustad by the way means teacher sorry so one of our teachers recently told us in our classes shout out to him he basically was talking about how um we make it harder, hard for ourselves when it shouldn't be. I feel like a lot of people, when they think about religion, they think about something that's so like, that's all consuming and that's like super like rigorous and like holds you back from things. But it's like, everything's halal until proven haram, which basically means you can do anything until you can disprove it to be haram. So that's one thing that I live by. And I just, it makes it so much easier for me as a Muslim. And I'm pretty sure you guys could all relate to that. Um, yeah. There's like no one way. I think it's like, considering we live in like a non Islamic society, Mm -hmm. we, I think like when I was like younger, I wasn't really thinking so much about like all the little aspects of like, what do I do like that's considered normal and considered accepted in American society, but it actually doesn't like, isn't actually in the Quran and is, you know, actually goes against there. Or like, what do I do that um, comes naturally to me um, that doesn't like, coincide with what is normal in American culture, you know? So I think it's being Islamic in the West has its own challenges and in and of itself. And I really liked how you mentioned um, about, um, you know, Ahlam was talking about like uh, people thinking um, Muslim people being a monolith and, and Sundas mentioned about our individual experiences and our individual relationship with, with Allah. Because at the end of the day, it's not what my mom's relationship with Allah is that's going to take me to Jannah. It's my relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I really want to know, like, um, how do you guys feel about that relationship about um, what you believe to be true versus um, what, like, organized religion says is true versus, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. what do, like, Muslims say versus, like, what do I believe as a Muslim? Like, what disturbs your peace about um, Muslims, basically? For me, okay, so, like, I loved what, what you guys both said. Muhammad Ghilan, Dr. Muhammad Ghilan, who's, like, a famous Muslim, like, podcaster expert podcaster he said something beautiful which he said like every muslim and every person has acts of good deed or acts of faith that's easier for them so for instance somebody is so easy for them to read the quran they can spend the mm-hmm. whole day reading quran and that's how they get their good deeds quran by the way is the holy book muslims um like the bible our version of the bible i guess um and for some people it's prayer some people is the cat like everybody has uh, Ramadan, like I even heard that I hate the term Ramadan Muslim because I'm like it's so beautiful if somebody can commit a whole month to their religion and they're a quote unquote Ramadan Muslim. You know, that's the act that Allah makes it easier for them. So you guys are right. Like nobody has the same experience, and, and not everybody. Some the hijab might be easy for me, and it might be hell for another sister. You know what I mean? What really disturbs my peace is something that like the really, other sister is me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, what really disturbs my peace is how um. religious muslim men like i am a raging feminist basically and i hate how religious muslim men um act like that the religion is designed for them and all they do is like literally make it look like islam there's no part of islam for muslim women which is so disgusting for me and i think a lot of muslim sisters sadly um fall into that without realizing that what they're saying is not true and it's not the full picture um because muslim men constantly say random hadiths random things or like say random things are haram no you know research and when i say religious Muslim men, religious with the quote-unquote, because I don't think they're religious. I just think that they're fucked up. They're people. cultish. And they're, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I find it hard that you can be a person of faith in any faith and be sexist, because I think all religion preaches love. All religion preaches equality. All religion, uh, you know, preach um, living in harmony with everybody. Um, so I find it hard when I see, and I, it gets really, really angry because I know so much um, people who are liberals or who, um, are just human who you know will literally shy away and leave like leave Islam quote-unquote when they see those type of content but yeah they literally that really disturbs my peace and I, the other thing that disturbs my peace you guys been talking about is like how Muslims move like cults like just because you think this is haram or you think this is the way of doing Islam does not mean you know I do that or does not mean how my family does that and it's so annoying how like sometimes masjids and like you know organized groups and stuff like that promote that mentality so when somebody who doesn't fit into that norm comes it's like you're you're not allowed into that circle and that really can hurt somebody's journey to faith and journey with islam because you know islam is so big on one ummah and communal and being a community so when you feel like you can't fit into your community because you have a little tattoo or you wear your hijab a different way it's annoying because it's like these are minor things you know we have we have so much more in common exactly and like exactly like what halam said the biggest thing that disturbs my peace about organized religion in general is the cultish mentality that many muslims and like other people who are part of organized religion possess it's like they feel like god left them in charge and they're here just to tell everybody that they're wrong to rebuke them and they're not really there to like actually well to guide people like you want your actions to speak for you right why is it that places of worship are becoming places that the community can't go to Mm -hmm. why is it that some people are being discounted totally from places of worship. Like, why is it that mosques are not allowing for women to come and pray there? Because, and they're not using COVID-19 as an excuse. But it's like, no, that is not true. By the way, guys, shout out to um, 
a mosque in West Seattle. They're allowing for women to pray there. So if you guys are from Seattle area, you guys can go pray there. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, but my, the thing is they literally act like Islam is like 80% men, 20% women. Like, yeah, y'all going to get the sec, everything second, everything second. Like they weaponize it. They're weaponizing it for their own benefit. And it's like, why? And they, they use religion to promote their bigotry their what's it called again hatred for people it's like why are you such a hateful person cherry pickers bro they're cherry pickers muslim men are the biggest cherry pickers i've ever seen allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally said these are the rights of women and these are the rights of women in your family you have to respect them but they don't want to respect that they said all. it's like they said Whoa. i do not see the only part of the sunnah that they know is marrying four wives sis you skipped over praying because you don't pray five times a day Oh, oh, can we forget, they, they don't even understand the logic and the logistics and why that, that sunnah was even there and why that even started. It's they, not even, a, um, there's like different types of sunnahs and it's not the type of sunnah that they're trying to make it. Farah, you got nails that are so long, there's dirt under there, dirt neck, and you think you can marry four wives? Prayer makes you a Muslim. Exactly, broke niggas can't marry four wives and you decided that it was okay for you to marry, girl, uh, on the day of judgment, God is going to have a lot of questions for you because this is this is so embarrassing. Are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? This is really embarrassing. It's sad. It really is. No. Bro, also, like, how, like, they all, like, hype each other up. So it's like when one... Oh, my God. Something, all the other fathers come out and become sheikhs out of nowhere. You were drinking Henny last night. Why are you telling me how to wear my hijab? Focus on other things, honey. Exactly. And the thing is, we're not judging them for dr- drinking Hennessy. It does not matter what you do in your free time. However, don't be hypocritical and don't come here trying to be like, I'm, y'all can see my hijab is not that good. I'm not going to go and tell people this is how you wear hijab. I'm not going to go and tell people this is how you pray. I'm not going to go tell people, hey, this is what the Sunnah and the Quran says. Girl, who am I? Yeah. Take a girl beard, first of all. Anyways, um, no, I'm kidding. But no, since this really came for their necks, and that's slightly um, manslaughter. But. <laughs> No, like, she didn't tell a single lie. Well, like, they just pissed me off. They fucking pissed me off. I'm sorry, I mean, to not curse all men. On, um, haha, not all men. I don't care. All of them. In, patriarchy emboldened some men. And then they use, um, they, they weaponize Islam to think that, like, those things are not only okay, but that they're justified and that those are righteous acts. And that's literally not the way it is. Mm-hmm. When I remember where, me and Sundas, when we went to go pray at that mosque, and it's like, nah, women can't pray. Yeah. The women's side's not open. Why? What, what, was, the reason? Reason. what was the reason? What was the reason? Why? Oh, yeah. It was really... We, we all had to play, pray in the halal store. Shout yeah. out to the women that were there because it was women who provided us prayer mats. Mm-hmm. Or you know what also really disturbs my peace? Pikmis. So I um, define pikmis as Muslim women or Christian women or women of any type who sadly fall into patriarchy, who think that promoting patriarchy is going to get a man to follow them back or to, you know, to meet their needs. Um, Their dream is to be the first wife. Sister, let me break it to you. He's not to be the fourth. They don't give a fuck. I mean, aspirations to be the fourth. They don't really care. Sorry, I cut. (laughs) Let me break it to you, sister. Being a pick me is not gonna really get him to follow you back. He's not gonna DM you back. He's just gonna. He might like your tweet. Stop being a pick me. You're harming yourself more than you know. Like it just really gets me because I'm like, I'm out here fighting for your rights. I'm out here trying to fight for a better future for you, for your daughter, for your great granddaughter, and you out here defending the oppressor like are you good my guy like are you and it's so annoying because sometimes in a lot of muslim communities people who are fighting for justice people who are fighting for the rights of women are the minority and they look crazy and it's like we're not crazy what we're saying is not crazy and i also say i, I see this in so much muslim spaces Muslim, 
and I can say this because I'm Muslim and I can judge my community, but until things become normal or like, you know, modernized, like Black Lives Matter, Muslim communities do not talk about it. And it really pisses mm. me off because in the, this is why it's so important to learn Islamic history because girl, we used to rule this world. And in the beginning of Islam, Islam used to be so strange. Like Islam promoted, you know, women, Islam promoted, you know, um, equality and all these things. And at the time people were like, this is crazy. This is weird. This, and, you know, people used to look at us weird. So it makes no sense for us to look at, you know, environmental justice or and to look at, you know, sex and all these things like weird and that we're not going to get behind these movements until, you know, the white man tells us to, because that's literally the opposite of Islam's origin and what Muslims are supposed to do. We're supposed to be the leaders, you know, a message is supposed to be the first place of worship to promote Black Lives Matter, to promote, um, you know, anti, you know, all these things. Exactly. It's just me to know that my, my religion, the people who follow my religion are a bunch of followers because that's not who we're supposed to be. Exactly. It's crazy because like, when people are talking about oh my god islam is so sexist da, da, da. muslims are sexist i'm not gonna lie them muslims are so sexist but islam literally is an egal it was an egalitarian religion when it first came down like women don't take the last name of their husband because they're not they're, they don't belong to their husband like who founded the first modern university in the whole entire world a muslim woman like um who were the scholars back then muslim women mm-hmm. like islam was the first religion that allowed for that literally talked about inheritance and the rights of women like, mm-hmm. no other religion really talked about that. And Prophet Muhammad, his last ceremony was actually make sure that you treat your women well. Make sure that you treat your women well. You know what could get you into heaven? Raising three boys, but raising three daughters. You know what else could get you into heaven in Islam? What's it called again? Respecting your mother. Not respecting your father, though. Respecting your mother. Of course, respecting your father is a good thing as well. But respecting your mother, okay? The mother is emphasized. Women are emphasized. There's a whole chapter on um, Mary. A chapter on there's a couple chapters on the prophets but then uh, other people there's no whole chapter on them there's literally whole entire chapter of, of the quran dedicated to women and talking about their rights but we never talk about that you know people just like to take little verses and be like hey this is what islam says about women and equality and it's just like yeah but then you did not read the full context of it i just think that's why understanding is so important that's something that we should encourage like look like muslims please look back at your religion and think about why these things exist and we also have to realize that the reason why there's so many countries that are um muslim like majority muslim that are literally um promoting sexism it's because of colonialism like in egypt women were all in the workforce they told women to get out of the workforce mm-hmm. because of colonialism like literally the global south is sexist because of colonialism and now y'all, y'all are like oh why aren't you guys catching up to west because y'all literally ruined everything for us Mm-hmm. Also, the other major thing is, and if you're a young Muslim woman or any Muslim listening to this, I think it's important that we stop listening to Muslim influencers and we start listening to our sheikhs. Because a lot of times Muslim sheikhs, from what I see, they don't promote these narrow-minded, you know, sexist mentality and all these things. Because when um, it's always the ones who barely know anything um, and who are open about that too, um, who are, I would say, quote-unquote, influencers. They're they maybe took a few Muslim class, uh, Islamic classes. We're so talking they, about the brothers in the Dawah scene, by the way. Yeah. Other than our brothers. Them, Don't call yourself Imam, please. I beg. Because I'm, because for me, I all my Islamic school teachers are renowned sheikhs, amazing scholars who you know did their time, ustadas and ustadas who are nice. And when I growing up, they did not promote that. Like I, first of all, for example, Saad Qadir, our principal from Hope Academy. He literally would make sure that we did anything the boys did. He always made that clear that we can do better even. And like, it was always announced that the girls would have higher test scores, all these things, you know? People like him, yes, they're people of faith. I can see that. But all these little YouTubers out here, like, you know, every day hating us, like, it's, it gets draining. It's annoying. But I want everybody to know they do not represent Islam. We need to stop giving them voices and need to stop mm-hmm. giving them 
because they do not represent what our I don't think we need to deplatform them. Mm-hmm. Remember that one that went? You know who this is. If you know, you know. But there's this one that went to literally like like a funeral, not a funeral home, but you know the part of the mosque where they wash the dead bodies? Mm-hmm. And then he's over there talking about this one Muslima influencer built her following on the hijab. And when she was at the top and she earned all her money and all her fame, she took it off. Like it was merely a piece of cloth. I was like, first of all, nigga, stop with Islam poetry. Second of all, nigga, why are you in a funeral home? Like, why are you trying to scare like people? Like, this is where you're gonna go if you take off your hijab, nigga. Like, what? I hate the policing of women. It's like the hijab is a relationship. When was hijab the, the five pillars? Same man who wants to interview a rapist and what said our brother? You know, he um, repented. He's still a rapist. I don't care. Lock him up. At the end of the day, at the end, he literally that same man that they're welcoming into Islam literally assaulted Muslim women. So it's like, that's how much you really hate Muslim women that you would go and literally um, interview someone who's an assaulter and say that you're forgiven because- you And a rapist. Love. Also, um, can we all talk about what the rule of law for rape in Islam is? That's death, honey. And I agree with that, period. That's we'll the law. We need to Come outside. <laughs> We're outside your house right now. We're in your living room. But like, I just really hate, like, well, why, why do you think you can police Muslim women? Like, since I said, Allah did not leave you in charge. That's not acting like you, like, the, the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Like, who the fuck are you? Bro, they, they said, think this is a pre-judgment day going on here. And I'm like, nobody asks for that, bro. We're all waiting for the real one. We don't want the fake one. Leave us alone. They're literally... They're Every day is Yom <laughs> But <laughs> literally, it's so... Sad. It's like you guys literally have no life. Like at the end of what the day, the worst part is like like Ahlam is saying it's always pick me because I I checked the the funeral home video, the mortuary. Um, I checked the the comments. It's literally the like to dislike ratio is like nothing. Like there's like no, hardly any dislikes. It's it, it's crazy. Everyone in the comments is like praising this man as if he has done something like like he saved the nation or something, and he, all he's doing is bashing women. Exactly. So it just becomes like. What's the the English word? I'm still learning English. Um, where it's like, um, like a tunnel of um, like everyone you uh, everything you're saying you agree with. It's like you you and the people around you all agree with the same things, and it's like you don't you don't branch out, you don't question your faith, you don't question um why things are the way that they are. Why are people telling you like the things that they tell you? And it's just if you just passively accept, I don't know if you can like. If you're passively accepting religion, are you really practicing? Exactly. Are you I really, really like, the, like your relationship with Allah? Is that is it the the strongest that it can be? Really? Exactly. I feel like questioning it really does make it stronger. Really, you become stronger in your religion because like you get rid of your doubts. I don't understand how mm-hmm. people could be born into a religion and then like never question it and just say, "Hey, like this is exactly what I'm going to follow forever." Actually, if there's people like that, mashallah to you. But then at the same time, I think it's very important that we critic start critically critically thinking sorry english is like my fifth language but yeah am i wrong but isn't in islam like when you hit your puberty you basically have the choice to accept it or not like you have to it's your duty to research it and figure out if this is for me or not i might be wrong but i heard that from somewhere i don't know if it's christian but i don't know i read that and i think it's important like um like it may i i i, I don't know like born and raised into this religion i think it's important for me to like ev- evaluate my relationship with it how i'm doing with it you know what I mean? How is it doing with me? Am I actually mm-hmm. being truth to it? You know what I mean? I think it's important. And I think Islam does that a lot. That's why we have Ramadan. That's why we have like, you know, different days of fasting, to, you know, to renew our intentions, to renew, you know, Wagwan. What are we exactly. doing? With- yeah. 
is realize it's really all about intentions. But the hardest thing is like, perhaps these people think that this this is the best of their intentions, you know? For real, that's the only thing we can do is really make bad for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but something else that really, really annoys me that grinds my gears is ex-Muslims. Muslims oh. annoy me and so do ex-Muslims. I think it's interesting though. I feel like people should be able to talk about their grievances with Islam without being like attacked. But I think sometimes it becomes very Islamophobic. And a lot of the times there's like, like Islamophobic groups that are pushing that agenda. It's like very, and it's like, I kind of think like move on sort of like there's people that built their identities around it, but that's a touchy topic for me. I I don't know. No, no, think about it. Okay. I, I was, I was born in Kenya, right? I came here. I don't have any more Kenyan citizenship. I have American citizenship. Am I going to talk about how I'm ex-Kenyan for the rest of my life? No. I'm going to just talk about my blue passport. I'm American. Yeah, 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 gang, 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 you know? Like, I, I feel like there, there is a period of time where, like, I, I have, like, this mentor who's, um, like, a Christian now. Um, but her, her identity isn't ex-Muslim. Her identity is her, what she is now. It's her present, you know? She's not holding on to that past. No matter, like, for her, I think it was really painful past with her her family and, like, all this stuff that she went through, but she doesn't, like, she doesn't carry that burden and burden others because a lot of the times I saw, like, you know, like, some weird incels on, um, on Twitter that, like, this guy even had a whole YouTube channel as well where he just basically, like, takes hadiths and he twists and and like contorts them into fitting his like Islamophobic viewpoints. And it's like, why? It it could become dangerous because like the Islamophobic rhetoric is very strong in like the West. But I think there's like a fine line. I feel like sometimes we've like Muslims get too caught up into that and they're like, oh, trying to like go after them and stuff. And like, sometimes it becomes dangerous for their life, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. And I just think that as a Muslim, I don't like really pay attention to it. And like, sometimes I don't really mind, like, if someone starts talking about their experience with Islam, sometimes it might be about, like, their toxic family or their experience. And no, I completely understand I, that, I understand yeah. that, you know what I mean? And I think that's uh, yeah. valid. Yeah, but my issue is, okay, so I get religious abuse is common, it's really horrible, but you need to differentiate what your family or what your culture promotes is not Islam. Yeah. That's become exactly. Because they just, like, hashtag Islam, they say Islam, but I'm like... The, any everything your family is doing is not Islam, and that's one basic Google search. One exactly. basic Google search will tell you that. Exactly. So that's what pisses me off because I'm like, yeah, you're an ex-Muslim. You're honestly you just can say you're an ex-Pakistani because you hate everything in a Pakistani, Somali, whatever culture. It's an, and, and, and I'm not coming at their culture. I'm coming more of a cult. It's sad because a lot of times, like some of these people come from the global south, and a lot of the aspects that they hate of their culture again is from colonization. So it's like a weird, twisty, t- uh, you know, yeah. uh, topic. But I'm like it's what you're saying is your culture because i as a muslim don't see that in my religion exactly. and, and the reason and the reason they left was because they couldn't differentiate that culture from islam mm-hmm. so yeah but what would you guys say is what preserve preserves your peace about spirituality and religiosity i would say um the the thing that really preserves my peace is how Islam is so big on just. And I said kind of in the mm. before, but Islam was one of the first religions to talk about equality, um, to talk about, you know, women, to give women rights. Um, and just like the stories of the prophet and how he was, you know, I think the prophet and he is like the best of character, like just the stories you hear and how he like led and how he like treated his family, his loved ones. Like it's like really touching and also just overall Islamic history, I'd say. So that really preserves my peace. Cause like, although I hate Muslims sometimes and they really get on my nerves, I'm like, it's annoying. I get really, it's uh, learning my, I know my faith is always strong and it's amazing. Um, and the aspect of justice is important. Also like how Islam promotes integrity. 
I don't know. I feel like for me, that's an aspect of Islam I really hoard close to my heart because I feel like integrity is so big and you always have to be the good person because God is always watching. Um, you can't like take shortcuts. So I'm super happy that Islam promotes that. So that's something that really preserves my peace. Yeah, I really feel that, especially because I think in the same way for me, what per, like preserves my peace about the religion is the book, you know, is the Holy Book's there for a reason. Um and it was revealed over, you know, the 23 period for a reason. So that like, like, it's just so meticulous. And I think what I like about um, <clears throat> the most of Islam is that it's not just a religion. It's really a way of life. And it has like social, political, legal, like frameworks that can really like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a cold, not the Rona, please. Um, you can't catch it from this video, but um, um I'm sorry, I sound like somebody, nigga. <laughs> um, but um, I really like how, like, expansive um, Islam is. And I think, like, whatever you have a question about, there's always an answer to it in Islam, in somewhere or another. And I think that's really what preserves my peace, is that, like, all the questions that I had growing up that, like, you know, people around me might have thought, like, would either, like, you know, like, weaken or break my... Um, like my faith or even test it, I think it really just made it stronger because now I don't have those doubts in my head. Now I'm solid in my faith and solid in what I believe in. And like, I don't know, I think I'm really content, especially considering like how many different things like you were mentioning, whether it's like fasting and, and you know, praying. I don't know, do other religions do this? Where it's like ha checking in with Allah five times a day, every single day, having a whole month where you forego like food and drink and sin so that, you know, you, you have that reflective period. I just think Islam is so perfect. Like, like everything's there for a reason, really. Mm -hmm. like also that. a lot of things that become, okay, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to show off of this, but a lot of things that become like modernized Islam been on the wave. So like um, being a minimal, like that's already big on Islam, like sustainability that's big on Islam, like mm -hmm. caring about the environment, like all these things that like, that are coming to terms now, like Islam, like been promoting it so I always like I always like even the Rona like you know washing your hands cleaning yourself is so big on Islam you know what I mean like we're hygienic okay. even when you're sick even exactly. when you're sick and yeah and you don't yeah quarantine is literally in in the book yeah yeah there's literally a hadith for every single aspect of life I think that's very exactly. interesting and like that's literally like you said Islam is a way of life like literally like if you if you um really like research Islam you'll find out that like a lot of people did not bathe themselves in the West. And Islam was actually the one that introduced brushing your teeth way before Europe did, by the way. Like, mu the Muslim world created basically everything. That's a big flex, period. And they um, didn't listen because they got the Black Plague. That Women part, rats. Anyways, I'm not even trying to... I'm not even trying to bash anybody. That's not what I'm he here to do. I'm just <laughs> But basically, like, I just don't like when people, like, try to discredit um, Islam um, in, Muslim, in Muslims, right? So... It's annoying, but what really like preserves my peace about religion is like I, f I feel that it allows me to like disconnect from worldly things. Like, sometimes I've noticed that I would fall, like, I usually self disclosure, um, sometimes I fall into like um, situational depression, um, anxiety, and I feel like I know that obviously, you know, not, it's not a cure for everybody, but like knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like always going to be there for me, like, it allows me to like sort of detach from like, you know material and like the worldly mm. desires and like knowing that uh my religion like promotes us to be good to our neighbors um to redistribute wealth to be kind to be kind to be mm. gracious like every single chapter in the quran starts with talking about like the mercy of allah 
and mm. how gracious Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like you know I feel like spirituality literally preserves my peace mm. like I feel like I would kind of go crazy if I didn't have something that um to fall back on mm-hmm. I feel like, to really ground you yeah I feel like I feel like dinta or religion really does ground me mm-hmm. last thing that really preserves my peace I think that like it's kind of beautiful that like Anywhere you go in the world, um, there's a masjid almost that you can always pray and you can feel at home and you have a relationship with God. I think it's beautiful. Like, you know, you'll go to, I remember I was in Barcelona and like my dad was, me and my dad were, my dad was struggling to find a masjid for Jama'ah. He found it and like, you know, there's Muslim, you say, Salam alaikum, you're at home. And like, it's the aspect of the one um, was so beautiful. And like, you can go to any masjid in the world, you know, it's, we have our issues. We're racist. I get it. You know, we have a lot of shit to deal with, but it's kind of beautiful. Some of us, we're black. Yes. And I, <laughs> you know, it's beautiful. I feel like I, the one Uma aspect really, like, really makes me happy. Like, especially like whenever you are in the world and you see a Muslim and they're willing to like, you know, make sure that you're safe. And I think that that unity that we have, we speak exactly. a billion languages, but we still share Assalamu Alaikum or we still share the Quran together. I think that's beautiful. We have like an unbreakable bond. We all bond. recite the same too. Yeah. Exactly. Like we were literally... Un- me and, me and Zaytun were literally sitting in a random restaurant in Ghana, and we just hear Adnan. Yeah. Or we would be sleep. Adnan, by the way, is the Muslim call to prayer. Or we would be, like, sleeping, and then we would hear, like, the Adnan. And it was just so beautiful, like, everywhere we went. And, like... And also, like, I think it comes to, I remember in South Africa when I was, like, we were just, me and my friends were walking around, and I guess the road we're walking around is not safe. People snatch up your stuff. And this Muslim guy, like, comes in, he's like, Sani, sisters, I don't want to, like, disturb you guys or anything, but please, like, he just, like, gave us the 411, and it was just because we're Muslim, we had the hijab on. It's nice. It comes, to, it, co- it comes with this perks, I think, the whole, like, we're yeah. Muslim. Thing, it comes in clutch. Yeah. Except for the Islamophobia, that's the only hard part, but it's all good because we believe in God. <laughs> yeah. Big yeah. ups Allah. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Disturbing Your Peace. Once again, we'd like to remind you that this is our 10th episode and our last episode of the season. We hope you really enjoyed it. Please let us know what you think on DisturbingYP on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can find us on YouTube as well at Disturbing Your Peace. Yay! And Bye. quick disclaimer, um, we're not seeing that everything we said was 100% correct. Uh, we're not Muslim scholars, so we just want to say that. I know, I know. Yeah, we're just saying from our experience, do not trust, do not come at us. This is how we view Islam. You got a problem with it, take it up with God. I'm screaming. Our but also, I think that's the, a, a bit, yeah, it's, it's our own spiritual journey. But unlike our little social media influencer Muslims that try to tell you that this is what the things, like, this is how it is, we're really just here on you know continuing our journey and still learning so please educate us and please let us know what you think bye bye